Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Lord, we just welcome your presence into our midst today. Holy Spirit, you know you are welcome here. Glory to God. And God, we thank you that you have blessed us with health and strength and sound mind. That we awaken from a night of rest, a night of sleep. That we awakened, Lord God, with your presence near us. And that our minds are stayed on you. Now go before us in this service. Do as you will. And for it, God, we will glorify you. And we will give you praise. In Jesus' name, God's church shouted together, amen. just wonderful to be in the presence of God together on to can you imagine life without God I just want to ask you can you imagine life without God I want to speak to us today on a subject of living apart from God living apart from God when you live a life apart from God you embrace what scholars call spiritual darkness spiritual darkness I'm a huge Star Wars fan anybody in here Star Wars fans I, I'm a science fiction guy I, I, I love Star Wars it came out in the 70s and my wife is like that's the craziest stuff I've ever seen but I, I, I just get it all into Timmy the futuristic I get all into that science fiction and, and it's amazing some of the storylines and plots you know, they released those, John, in the reverse order of which they were filmed. And so a lot of people have difficulty staying up with what's happening. But spiritual darkness is not something that just exists in Star Wars. Everybody know the main character of Star Wars, right? Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader. Everybody remember those main characters? You see, Palpatine, he is the Sith Lord known as Dark Sidious. And he convinces young Anakin Skywalker, who later becomes Darth Vader. He convinces him to join the dark side. Yeah. Let's just love those James Earl Jones makeovers, those voice makeovers. Luke, I'm your father. You just love, don't you just love that? I just love that. And so this guy Palpatine he convinces young Anakin Skywalker that if he would join the dark side he would somehow cheat death and that because of that he would be able to stop others from dying wouldn't it be a blessing to stop people that you love from dying but see young Skywalker he's deceived he has a dream, Brother Charlie, that his wife, Padme, is going to die. And she, she does. She does die in the film. So in the process of time, we discover that Palpatine lied to Anakin Skywalker. And Skywalker joined the dark side. That was not his destiny. How many of you know today that, that living in spiritual darkness is not your destiny? But God came 
through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to seek and to save everyone who was lost. So today we don't have to live a life that's apart from God. Much like Palpatine, Satan devises such schemes. Because Satan wants to lure us away from God into darkness with his lies. He wants to make us all kinds of empty promises that are unable to produce any desired result. But it looks so appealing, much the same as it did to Eve in the garden. We know that he's the master of deception. Satan and his lies, friend of mine, they derail the plans that God has purposed exclusively for every single one of his children. And whomever you are here today, God has a plan for you. But Satan's objective is to distract you and to derail you from fulfilling your purpose in God. Whether we want to accept this or not, Brother Gerald, as long as we live, there's going to be a war going on inside of us because we are part flesh and we are part spirit. And, and didn't Paul tell the churches in the provinces of Galatia that the flesh and the spirit war against each other because they are opposites, they are contrary? Isn't that what the great man of God Paul says? Listen to what he says in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another so that you not do the things that you wish. I remember being a teenager that I couldn't wait to what we call freedom. I couldn't wait to get out from under my parents' thumb. I know if I... Hallelujah, dwell here long. Some of y'all jump on my bandwagon. You just couldn't wait to experience freedom because we, we have this misconception, Pastor Steve, about freedom. We think freedom enables us to do whatever we want, whenever we want, don't we? But is that what freedom is? That's not what freedom is, my friend. We need to understand with every fiber of our being that freedom is not unrestrained behavior. Doing what you want, when you want to get you in a lot of trouble. I wish I had one amen. So freedom is not unrestrained behavior. Then what is freedom? Freedom is the exemption from the power control of someone or something else. When we were in sin, we were dominated by the power of Satan. We didn't realize it, but the reality of the matter is is that we were under his influence. Our spirits want to serve God. Isn't that what Paul is saying? Our spirit wants to serve God, but how many of us often know that the flesh has other ideas? And we've heard the saying, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Boy, has there ever been a truer statement than that? Why? Because we live in this flesh. But the Bible says in the preceding verses of Galatians 5, if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Spiritual darkness is a terrible state. It's a state that many in our world have freely embraced today. Some of them without even knowing it. I take this pandemic and the full scope thereof. 
And I look at how that every place of business in the world has a parking lot full of cars and stores that are full of people. Is everything we can to get people to the house of God. It's amazing to me that we can go everywhere else and do every other thing. But setting aside an hour on Sunday morning to worship God has become so difficult. So difficult. Pastor, you're not going to bash anybody today. No, I'm not going to bash anybody. I'm trying to open somebody's eyes. I'm trying to help somebody, brother, buddy, understand that you're already walking in spiritual darkness and you're completely unaware of it. You ever heard the song, It's a Slow Fade? You don't backslide overnight. It's a slow, gradual process. Saints of God, it saddens me to say that it's happening to a lot of people unbeknowing to them. So let's understand a little deeper this state of spiritual darkness. It's defined as the state of a person who is living apart from God. You've heard me mention the name George Barna. George Barna heads a research group that conducts surveys all the time. And around the year of 2000, Lee Strobel, a known author, he asked George Barna to conduct a survey. This was in the year 2000. And in the year 2000, one of the questions on George Barna's survey was this. If you could ask God only one question and you knew he would give you an answer, what would you ask him? What would you ask him? Overwhelmingly, the majority of pollsters asked said the same thing. Why is there pain and suffering in the world? If we serve an all-powerful God, an all-knowing God, an ever-present God, then why is there pain and suffering in the world? Can I sum it up for you? Evil. Because, friends, evil exists in the world. Evil is the root cause of why our world is filled with people walking around in spiritual darkness. Our text today is taken from Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 2. And our text reads as states, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Are we familiar with the prophet Isaiah's writings? Wasn't it the prophet Isaiah who 700 years before Jesus Christ was entered, uh, uh, introduced to the world that Isaiah prophesied about a coming Messiah? 700 years. And in today's text, Isaiah is prophesying of that coming Messiah. And this verse speaks of the deep spiritual darkness that in that time had engulfed or surrounded the people. 
Is this the only place that passage of Scripture is quoted? No, it's mentioned again in Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 16. It's announcing, Brother Jerry, that those who have come to know the God of Israel through His Son, Jesus Christ, those are the ones who have been delivered from darkness and now walk in the light of God. Are we glad today that we're walking in God's light? Hallelujah. Here's something that we need to understand. Living careless lives will put us in a position of spiritual darkness. Living a life to say that might happen to other people, but it won't happen to me. I said to my wife as we were getting dressed for church this morning, that if we were to poll a group of people during the full scope, during the very uh, span of time that this pandemic has existed, how many of you actually in your own home picked up your Bible and read it? It would probably shock you. It would probably shock you. And that should sadden us as the people of God. Because never more than now at the time that currently exists should we be pressing into God and not running away from Him. We should be digging in deep and getting a footing that no matter what comes our way, we are determined to serve God. That's where we should be as a people. The whole of humanity, listen saints of God, the whole of humanity is born in a fallen state of sin and separation from God. Is that true? Was anybody here born saved? Nobody. So the whole world was born in a fallen state of sin and separation from God. Who needs Jesus more than those who are living apart from him? No one. Listen to what Proverbs says in Proverbs 4 and 19. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Anybody ever got in the middle of the night and bumped your toe against a bed? Because you couldn't see where you were going. Is this what the Bible is telling us? Isn't the Bible saying if we're walking around in darkness, we have no idea the direction we're headed in? We, we think we might know our surroundings. We think that we can gauge how close and far we are to God by the periodic times that we feel His presence. Let me tell you something. Go ready to God. You better not place your life on when you can feel God's presence. Am I witnessing to anybody in this room today? We said last Sunday that God is trying to warn us. He's sounding the alarm. He's sending out the message. And it's not just to our fallen world, but it's to the church. Amen. What happens, Mike, when we become careless? We live messy lives, Mayor Greg. We live some messy, messy lives. And I'm going to tell you what's sad. It's sad when people have to walk up to you and ask if you're still in the church. That's a sad, sad situation. If the love of Jesus Christ is not illuminated from within us, that when people meet us, they know that we're in a relationship with God and they have to ask us the question, are you still in the church? We ought to say, hey, there's your sign. In ourselves, we should automatically be prompted to say, hey, I may not be doing those things I should be doing that present Jesus Christ to the world. So I need to tighten the screws. I need to realign some things. I need some self-introspection. I need to take a look at myself and how that I'm living before God. Now come on, saints of God. You, you could agree with me or not today. 
But at times we have all gotten slack. At times we have all become careless with the precious gift that God has entrusted to us, that gift of salvation through his son. There have been times that we have not all done everything we should have done. But thank God for moments like this when we can be alerted and we can make corrections. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Glory to God. Don't live a messy life. Glory to God. A, a messy life doesn't honor God. The Bible says when, when the way of the wicked is like darkness, they don't know what makes them stumble. Sin darkens their understanding. And sin destroys their spiritual sight. Listen to Acts chapter 26, verse 17 and 18. This was addressed to the great man of God, Paul. And God used this man to do awesome things. 26 verse 17, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. As Christians, you ought to pinch your neighbor, glory to God, and tell them we've been rescued from the kingdom of darkness and now live, hallelujah, in the kingdom of God's glorious light. We're not walking around in darkness. The light of him has arisen and shines now in our hearts. We are not living apart from God and embracing spiritual darkness. We've made a decision to follow Jesus. Anybody grateful today? This was during Paul's commissioning. This was God telling Paul, Jesus telling Paul, the manner in which I'm going to use you. And did he ever Use Paul. Now that we understand spiritual darkness, let's talk a moment about spiritual blindness. Understanding spiritual blindness. Somebody says when you're blind, that means you can't see. I, I think that would be a pretty safe definition of blindness. The inability to see. But it's not just that condition of not being able to see. It is the grievous condition of those who do not believe in God, Jesus Christ, His Son, or His Word. We live in a world where exists such people. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in Jesus Christ, His Son, or His Word. But it's without question. Today that those who reject Jesus will face eternal separation from God. Is this scripture, saints? Judaism, Brother Jody, is the national religion of the Jews. And in Judaism, those individuals believe this. That a person's inner character and their moral quality is reflected through the eyes. You know that about Judaism? They believe that a person's inner character and moral quality can be reflected through the eyes. 
I know you've heard of this famous guy. He was an English playwright. His name was William Shakespeare. You know what William Shakespeare said about the eye? He said, the eyes are the window to the soul. Now somebody was like, wow, what a profound statement. He wasn't the first person who said that. Because Jesus had something to say about the eyes. And what was it? In Matthew 6, 22 and 23, Jesus said, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. What about verse 23? He says in verse 23, But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. Brother Alfred, Jesus was saying that a healthy eye lets light in. A healthy eye, glory to God, lets or allows light in. Much the same way as a regenerated heart or a heart that has been completely formed all over again lets in spiritual light. Glory to God, hallelujah. Many of us will realize today in this room that as Christians that we got a heart transplant without an incision. Praise the Lord, isn't that wonderful? We don't have scars to prove that we had heart surgery. But we know, Brother Steve, because we opened our heart and accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of our life, that we had a heart transformation. Praise the Lord. And we're no longer walking in spiritual blindness. The idea that Shakespeare was attempting to promote is that you can understand a person's emotions and a person's thoughts just by looking into their eyes. Some of you guys will get real theatrical on me now and go home and look at your wife and say, Look into my eyes. Tell me what you see. Hallelujah. But the truth of the matter is, without God, we can easily succumb to Satan's schemes. Is there truth in that today, saints of God? I said, without the Lord, we can easily succumb to Satan's schemes. I don't want anyone who is a participant of regular worship services or has any ties whatsoever to Harvest Church of the Assemblies of God. I don't want anyone walking around in spiritual darkness. I don't want anyone's life to be affected by spiritual blindness. I want every child of God and every person who attends uh, the worship services here at this church, I want them to understand what a great blessing it is to walk in the marvelous light of God. Why did Jesus say we're the light of the world? What does light do? Light expels darkness. And it doesn't matter how dark it is. The smallest glimmer of light will expel the darkness. What did Genesis say? The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, darkness hovered over the face of the deep. But God spoke and said, let there be light. And it became. Hallelujah. 
So God does not want us to walk around in darkness, stumbling in places that we have no idea where we're going. Hallelujah. God wants us to bask, hallelujah, in his luminous and marvelous light. Don't forget that we can lead some messy lives. Don't forget that we can become careless instead of cautious. And in so doing, expose ourselves to Satan's manifested schemes. We are not exempt from sin after we come to know Jesus. And I'll tell you, if you start hanging around people that sin, you're going to be a good one if you don't find yourself doing the same thing. Oh, my saints of God, preacher, you trying to sound like I can't have no friend. I, I don't have friends that don't love Jesus. Because I refuse to associate with people who don't love Jesus. Yeah, but pastor, how will they ever be one to God? You witness and move on. You witness and move on. You don't congregate with them. You don't come to gatherings. You don't come to socials. You don't come to events that they have that are going to dishonor God, hallelujah, and embarrass you. You don't do that as a child of God. I'm not going to your uncle's barbecue where they're drinking Budweiser. I'm, I'm not going. Because I'm out of place there. Oh my, y'all looking at me real strange now. I, I, I'm out of place there. My place is with the people of God. And I can guarantee you there's one or two things going to happen if you hang around sin. There are one or two things. One is that God could possibly use you to lure somebody out of that condition. But more likely than not, you're going to have flashbacks of the old you. And after a while, Satan's going to say, ain't nobody looking. And after a while, he's going to say, ain't nobody from Harvest Church here. Take a sip. Nobody's paying attention. God will forgive you. Isn't that just like the devil? Come on, saints of God. Well, let me tell you something. The devil's got into people. Because people now tell you the same thing. People now stand to your face and say, ain't nothing wrong with a little white lie. The word of God tells me that no unrighteousness will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Zero. None. So if you're going to believe that not one sin will keep you out of heaven, you're going to be guilty of committing them all. I'm preaching way better than you're responding, but it's still the word of God. Now that we've talked about understanding spiritual blindness, we, uh, we need to understand there is a thing called spiritual clarity. Spiritual clarity. There's a doctrine regarding spiritual clarity. There absolutely is. When something is... It has clarity. What does that mean? It means it's clear. It means it has lucidity. It means when it comes to perception and understanding, we can clearly see it. That's what it means. There's another word for clarity, and it's called perspicuity. I know that's a tough one off the tongue, but there exists such a word, perspicuity. It is one of the basic tenets. In other words, Brother Ernie, it's one of the principal beliefs. Basic tenet, remember that. It's one of the basic tenets of Protestant evangelicalism. Yes, you are a Protestant. You're looking at me like, preacher, what's a Protestant? Read about the Reformation. 
do some history and read about Martin Luther and the Reformation, how that he nailed his thesis to the door of the Catholic Church. Are you listening? Said we're not going to embrace the belief system of Catholicism. We're known as Protestants. Okay? So it is a basic tenet of that faith. Simply put, the doctrine of perspicuity, the doctrine of clarity means this. It means that the Bible can be interpreted in a moral, literal sense and that the Bible's central message is both clear and understandable. I believe that. I believe the Bible is both clear and understandable. Hold on a minute, Pastor. The Bible said there are mysteries. There are things that we're not to understand. That's true, John. But I believe when it comes to the plan of salvation and when it comes to what God has laid out for humankind to enjoy a relationship with Him and so inherit a life eternal in heaven, I believe that God has made it clear as crystal. He said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Lord, I'm a grown man. How can I enter my mother's womb a second time? He said, he said, Nicodemus, I am not talking about a physical birth, but I am talking about a spiritual birth. And in order to get to heaven, in order to see the Father, you're going to have to be born again. It's a lot of people want to go to heaven, but not many people want to die. I got news for you. Unless you're here when the rapture takes place, you're going to have to die to go to God's heaven. We want all the blessings of what God has promised, but don't want to shoulder the responsibility of living a life that's accountable unto God. Walking in spiritual darkness, living apart from God. Boy, that'll get your attention, won't it? Let me say this to us, friend. Not only... Does this doctrine teach us that God's word is clear and understandable? It teaches us it's clear in its essential matters. And that the word of God is able to expose humanity to that which is comprehensible to humankind about God. Well, what things has God made known unto us? He's made known his character. He's made known his nature. He's made known his dealings with mankind in the past. And thank the living God, he's made known his plans for his children in the future. I don't know about you, but God ain't left me out here all by myself. Oh, thank the living God. No, he's with me. He's a constant source of help and strength. And he said, glory to God, when Jesus leaves, he's going to leave another comforter which will counsel and comfort us and walk along beside of us in this thing called life. I am not alone. Woo, you ought to look at your neighbor and say, God ain't brought me this far to leave me. Y'all scared to death. A shout will break out. I said, God ain't brought me this far. To leave me. And I can assure you one thing. Though, though hell itself will rage. Amen. The winds of change will blow. But I'm standing on the rock. Who is Jesus Christ the Lord. And the Bible said amen. That if I am in him. And he is in me. I can ask what I will. And it will be done unto me. I don't know by what standard. That you're living by. But I'm living on the authority. Of the word of 
of the everlasting God who can't change and is unable to change in any way. If he said it, he'll bring it to pass. If he done it one time, he's God enough to do it again. That's right. That's right. I believe God and I'll take him at his word. I'm trying to help somebody um, here today. Hallelujah. Don't you get so cold and indifferent toward God that you don't feel him trying to warm up to you again. Woo! Glory to God. Or you're going to be in a bad, bad situation. Is that right? Oh, yeah. The Bible has made it clear. Isn't it, friend? Isn't it made it clear? But we still need interpretation. We still need explanation. Don't we still need exposition of the Word of God? Then how is that done? Through careful and diligent study of God's Word. That's how it's done. I'm not the resident expert. Oh, no. But I know him. He's a friend of mine. Yeah. Ooh, glory to God. Man, I feel his presence moving in this place. Right now, I'm trying to be a blessing to somebody. Listen, it's all right. You've been trying to keep it under wraps. Oh, yeah, you've been trying to hide some secret sin. But God is here today to drag the wool off of it and to let you know, amen, it's not too late. God's here today to let you know you still have sufficient time to make things right with me walking apart from God. I've never known. God, I'm trying to quit. Woo! Hallelujah. I've never known what it felt like to walk apart from God since the day the Lord gloriously saved my soul. I've been through some dark times. I've walked through some long valleys. But Brother Robbie, I've never known what it felt like not to have God's presence with me. I know that someone in this room could raise your hand as a testimony to this reality. There have been times that it felt like it clouded up and rained all over you while the sun shone on everybody else's life. Can you just wave your hand at me if I'm talking to you today? But that didn't mean that God leave, that God was leaving you. That didn't mean that God had left you. That just meant that God was pre preparing you for promotion. That just meant God was getting you in a place, amen, to do something greater in you. I don't know about you today, but I've been called to something greater than this. I've been called, glory to God, to more than what I see. I've been called, glory to God, to proclaim the word of God in this troubled time. Hallelujah. I might not be the greatest orator, and I might not draw the largest crowd, but I'll tell you one thing. Hallelujah, he knows my name. Is anybody listening to what I'm saying? He knows my name. I'm his child. He's my father, and he cares about me. He's made it perfectly clear that he has called us for a time such as this. You say, preacher, there's never been a greater time in the world than to fall in love with the word of God. You better believe that. There's never been a greater time to fall in love with the word of Almighty God. You know what it said, Mary Greg, he said in Psalms 119 and 105. Woo, glory to God. He said, your word. 
is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. I said it earlier, God ain't brought me this far to leave me. Can somebody testify? Can somebody raise your hand right now and say, Lord, you didn't bring me this far to leave me because I know what you promised you're going to see through. Somebody going through a hard time right now, anybody in this congregation right now, amen, stumbling around in the dark because you've lost your way. I see the Father, glory to God, standing with outstretched arm, saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't know who I'm talking to today, under the sound of my voice but you've been trying to carry this thing by yourself for far too long God's come today to bring you the release that you need won't you cry out to Jesus won't you cry out to Jesus today now I thought about it like this brother Robbie I thought about the word of God you start talking about the Bible, that can become a pretty contentious subject. Everybody wants to be right when it comes to the Bible. Now, I'm not the author who penned it through anointed holy men of old and who still presides over its every word to this day great authors nephew have died that have made wonderful contributions to society but God is the author of that book and he still presides over it on today I'm not going to argue with you when it comes to the Bible I didn't write one word but I know God wrote what he meant hallelujah I know God wrote what he meant and he made it clear. He brought clarity so that we would understand what he meant. Are you, are you listening today? I'm trying to close. You say, Pastor, what have you determined? I've determined this when it comes to the word of God. If the word of God is of no value, if the word of God is obscure, and has no clarity then aren't all the efforts to translate it and to disseminate it or circulate it through the world are they then pointless I believe so if it's not clear but we know the word of God is clear and we know the word of God is translated into many different languages for people's understanding because it was the plan of God to reveal himself to humanity. Stand with me all over the building. I'm trying to close. The ushers are going to assist you in your exit on this morning. Thank you so much for being here and being a part of this service. Pastor, has God, has God made the desire of his heart known? He wouldn't be God if he didn't. So has he made it, has he made it absolutely transparent and perfectly clear to the whole of humanity? Absolutely. Where is that found in the scriptures? That is found in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 4. It speaks of the heart of God. And the word of God states this. Who desires all men be saved 
and come to the knowledge of the truth. That is the desire of God. That all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I say this in your hearing today. The gospel is either accepted in faith or rejected. Accepted in faith or rejected. But there is a penalty for those who reject Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Do, do I need to remind us what that penalty is? Everlasting and eternal separation from God. You don't want to go through eternity without God. I love you in the love of the Lord. I want to pray over you right now. I want to pray over you right now. Father God, we thank you for this group who has come today to this place with the heart and mind to worship you. We thank you, Lord, that they were attentive in this service. We thank you, Father God, that they were receptive of your word as it was ministered in their presence. But, Lord, I believe today that you are telling us that we need to give attention to a number of things in our life. Lord, I believe that you are telling us that we are not dealing properly with temptations and, and, and attempting to hide secret sin. I believe today that you are telling us that we need to check ourselves and our bad attitudes. I believe today that you are telling us today, Lord, that we, we have exercised poor treatment to people that we should love and the list could grow on and on and on. But today in my heart, I believe God, the central theme of this message is that you are telling us we need to right those wrongs that have created separation in our walk with Jesus Christ. So Father, touch this congregation and those viewing by Facebook, those listening today, touch their hearts to know you are the God of your word who hears and answers prayer. They will cry out to you in repentance. 1 John 1 and 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is my prayer for the people of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you exit.